0: the in conversation podcast series with author nigel beckles welcome to the podcast Podcast. please like the podcast Podcast. and subscribe to this channel thank you Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now.
1: Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices.
0: Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons.
1: How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life.
0: Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information, visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. get ready for takeoff.
1: Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a clinical hypnotherapist and self-improvement expert, American Dr. John McGrail. Hi, John. Welcome to my podcast
0: series. How are you? I'm great, Nigel. How are you today?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Where are you residing at the moment?
0: I am residing in sunny Los Angeles, California. And how is it there? It is becoming spring and summer. We're getting some nice warm, sunny days, which, of course, people sort of relate with LA. But we've had a kind of cool winter, dry, and uh, now it's starting to be the way it is, sunny and warm, and it'll be that way till November when we start getting rain again.
1: Well, I understand you're a certified clinical hypnotherapist. You're also a certified in NLP, EFT, and therapeutic Image. So, when did you become interested in hypnosis?
0: Well, I've been interested in the mind body connection since I was a little kid. I and I can't tell you exactly why, but I always had a natural curiosity about sociology, phys- uh, philosophies, different kinds of philosophies. It's always just been sort of a natural curiosity as to the human experience and how people work. Don't know where it came from, but it's always been there. And I discovered hypnosis uh, when I was in the military as a, as a pilot. Uh, I was, you know, very stressful uh, situation. You know, we were doing search and rescue missions in really bad weather, and I was a young guy, 25, 26 years old, aircraft commander. I had a crew, an airplane, and it was very stressful. And I found this little book in a store called Hypnoscybernetics, and for whatever reason, I picked it up, and it was really about doing self hypnosis for stress reduction and manifestation. And that's when the real spark hit. Now it would be many years later that I actually went back to get trained for clinical hypnotherapy, but that's where it sort of started. And I've been playing with hypnosis, uh, you know, on myself for close to 40 years now. Well,
1: with regards to hypnosis, are people required to be certified?
0: Well, you know, it's just a really interesting question because hypnotherapy as a profession is recognized as a profession, but there are usually no licensure or any requirements for training, competence, experience. So, you know, the UK probably has one set of standards. In the US, all 50 states are different, but you could be a hypnotherapist tomorrow in in the United States with no training whatsoever. Now, you can't hurt anybody because hypnosis is a natural state of consciousness. But, you know, there are schools that, you know, you go for three days and they tell you that you're a hypnotherapist. That's impossible. So it's a very interesting profession because... There are really good people that have spent years and years and years to get trained and, to, and understand it and the art and the science of it. And there are people that go to school for three days and they hang out a single and They probably don't survive very long because they don't do very good work. So how would you describe hypnosis? Well, the way I describe it is it's a natural state of consciousness, the two operative words there are natural and consciousness. We all do hypnosis every day. We don't even realize it. Anytime you watch a good movie or a TV show and you have an emotional experience, you're actually in a state of hypnosis. When you daydream and you have an emotional experience, you go, oh, I remember that summer and the beach and the girls, the guys, and you have this sort of reverie, you're in a state of natural hypnosis. I'm infamous for doing this, but people do it all the time. You're driving on the freeway and you sort of zone out. And the next thing you know, you've got where you're going. You don't remember how you got there. That's a the state of natural hypnosis. When we fall asleep at night, we go through the same transition from awake to asleep right before sleep when you're unconscious would be uh, analogous to a very deep state of hypnotic trance. So it's a natural state of consciousness that creates a very open, receptive, focused state of mind. And it opens the mind to new possibilities, which is why it can be such a powerful tool. For creating change and transformation in someone's life.
1: Well, I'm curious, John, what are the ethical considerations for a hypnotist working one-to-one with clients?
0: Again, because there are no official standards, most schools of hypnotherapy require their students to understand and follow the same ethical guidelines as the American Psychological Association. Rule number one, do no harm. We are also limited in the scope of practice and this is pretty standard across the US, and I'm guessing probably the UK and Europe as well, we are considered vocational and avocational self-improvement experts. So notice there's no medical there. There's no psychological there. Um, If you want to do better in school or at sports or at play, or maybe you have a habit like smoking that you want to get rid of or lose some weight, and if it's not too much, that's sort of the purview of hypnotherapy. Now, we are allowed to work on more sophisticated or complicated conditions like medical conditions, pain management, analgesia, anesthesia, um, and others, also psychological conditions, but we must do so under the written authority or referral from someone licensed to practice medicine or psychiatry or psychotherapy. So it really opens the field up. And you know, these days I probably work more with chronic stress and anxiety than anything else. And very often, I need to get a referral from a psychologist or a psychiatrist because it is a diagnosed condition.
1: So that suggests to me that hypnosis is recognized by qualified medical practitioners.
0: Would that be correct? That would be partially correct. Ah, it's it's very interesting. Hypnosis has been used as a therapeutic tool for seven thousand years, and it's come and gone. You know, it, it gets it. It's come and gone in popularity. I would say that as a rule, uh, modern medical science it acknowledges hypnosis as a potential tool. but there are a lot of practitioners out there that either don't know about it or don't believe in it, or you know are subject to the same myths everybody else are, that it's you know buoy or whatever. But the truth of the matter is it is a very powerful state of mind. And as the medical model returns to where it used to be before we developed the allopathic model, which is treat the symptom, take a pill, but don't look at the cause. We're coming back to a more holistic practice in medicine where the mind and body are both taken into consideration. And I think you're going to see that hypnosis becomes much more mainstream in the next generation.
1: What do you believe is the connection between spirituality and hypnosis? Is there such a connection?
0: I believe there's a very strong connection. I believe that spirit, and let's differentiate spirit from religion because they're two different things, There are 2,300 religions on the planet. Every one of us, all 7.8 billion of us, whether we practice one of those 2,300 religions or not, is a spiritual being. We have the scientific proof, which so many people need now, that this energy called spirit exists. It is our essence. Because hypnosis is part of us, it's a natural state of consciousness, we can use it in conjunction with acknowledging the energy of spirit in a very powerful way. A lot of people don't do that, But I believe, and I've been practicing this for very many years now, and it's sort of the basis of my exclusive synthesis process, is that when you combine spirituality with hypnotherapy and some of the other techniques like meditation, which connects us to spirituality, the results are often amazing. We get results in about half the time it takes for conventional hypnotherapy alone because you're tapping into the essence of our consciousness, the essence of our being. And that's where everything starts.
1: Well, you mentioned synthesis, What exactly is
0: that? Well, it's my process. It's the term I've given to my process. Synthesis, the definition, is taking a bunch of disparate ingredients and combining them together in such a way that you create something new. The name of my company is Create a Better You. That's what it's all about. So I started incorporating spiritual practice uh, into my hypnotherapy many years ago. When I did my PhD work, and when I was looking for a research uh, topic for my dissertation, I realized that I had a thousand case files that I could analyze. And what I did essentially was I separated the people who did really well, really quickly, which is most of them, thankfully, the people who did okay, and those clients who, for whatever reason, didn't do well. And I analyzed all the cases, and I realized that when I put certain tools and techniques together, spirituality, hypnotherapy, and worked with both the conscious cognitive mind through a bunch of models that I created and the subconscious mind, when we put all that in the mixing bowl in the right proportions, people change their lives very, very quickly and very, very profoundly. So I call the process synthesis because that's what it's about. It's about taking all these different techniques, NLP, EFT, therapeutic imagery when it's appropriate, hypnotherapy, meditation, and the the models that are largely metaphorical uh, that I developed that help people understand how they got screwed up, that there's nothing wrong with them. Their mind is just working a certain way, but they understand how it happened. And then I explain how the tools work. And then we put those tools to use and the results are just amazing. So with regards to some of your
1: clients, do they approach you concerning seeking new relationship or a healthier relationship if they're in one already?
0: I do a lot of relationship coaching uh, with both individuals and couples. Some people are looking to analyze and save their relationship or find out why it's not working. Some people have had a bad record of relationships. You know, we tend to repeat our patterns over and over again. And so if you're a young woman, say, or a young guy, and you you continually date your dad or date your mom, and it's dysfunctional over and over and over again, that's how the subconscious mind works. And so they come to me because they're tired of the pattern. They want to get something that's going to work. And we then find out what's going on, why they're doing that, and then help them create new patterns, if you will, new new processes for pursuing their relationships so that they can have that. So it really, it runs the gamut. People who are out of one and want one, and they never had a good one. People who are in one and want to fix it, if they can, and sometimes they can't. But regardless of what the dynamic is, everything that we do, think, say, and feel, as you know, goes through the mind. The mind is the arbiter of our existence and experience. And so if your mind's not working the way you want it to, this is a very powerful way to help adjust it so that it does. So, John, do you believe soulmates exist? Oh, absolutely. There's sort of this myth that each person has only one soulmate. I not only believe soulmates exist, I believe there are many, many soulmates for every single person. And I can tell you that, you know, my definition of soulmate is someone that you meet who first of all, is personally empowered. You have to love yourself unconditionally before you can love someone else unconditionally and and pursue a relationship for life. So that's number one. But also they share your core values, those attributes in life from your partner that you must have in order to feel right. Those core values can be anything from uh, monogamy or polygamy, depending. Do I want kids? What do I think about sex and intimacy? How about money? How about where I live? What do I do for a living? All those things, those attributes of life can be core values. And everybody's got their own set. When you meet someone who shares the core values, the must-haves, then you have a very good chance of finding your soulmate. And I know that I'm with mine, one of mine. I've met others that for whatever reason at the time, it just didn't work out. Uh, a couple of others that were just, we could have been absolutely lifetime partners, but we were either both engaged or involved. And so it didn't happen. And then if you're lucky enough to do the work on yourself, uh, usually it's not too hard to find one, but yeah, I believe in it absolutely 100%.
1: So if someone wanted to find their soulmate, what advice would you give them?
0: Well, number one, take an inventory of what your core values are. What is it that you have to have from a partner? Now, There's a difference between what you have to have and needing something. If you're a needy person, you gotta fix that. You need to do the work on yourself so that you feel whole, you feel integrated, you feel balanced energetically, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, that you really love yourself, the choices you're making and the way you're living your life. Then understand and know what your core values are. That gives you, and then prioritize them because there's always a priority. That gives you a benchmark So that when you do get involved with somebody and time goes on and you start to get to know one another, you can evaluate the relationship in terms of your core values. If it's a fit, it's effortless. Will there be compromises? Of course. But those aren't core values. Those aren't the must haves. If it's not a fit, don't try to force it or fix the other person because it never works. And that's the easiest way. And then, you know, have a little patience because sometimes it takes some time.
1: Well, John, you're also an author. So what is your book called and what is it about?
0: Well, my thank you for asking, Nigel. My book is called The Synthesis Effect, and as you might guess from the title, it is about my synthesis process, and I wrote it to help people improve their lives. I essentially teach the synthesis process, uh, and it's a very interactive book. The Synthesis Effect is the end of the process. When you've gone through the process and you practice it, you learn to live your life virtually free of suffering. It's never perfect. But with a little practice, it's amazing how powerfully you can begin to live your life. And I call that practical enlightenment. The Buddha said enlightenment is the end of suffering. So if you can learn to live your life virtually free of suffering, that's practical enlightenment. It's doable. And anybody can do it. So the book presents the synthesis process, teaches my readers how to use it to empower their lives. And use advice and tips and tricks along the way, as well as many stories of people just like you and me, because I'm just a regular guy like you are, like all my readers are. And I share stories of real people who have had real issues, who have transcended those issues and are living happily empowered. Uh, and it's been very, very well received. So, John, how can people contact you? I am available. If you Google me, Dr. John McGrail Hypnotherapy, you'll find my websites, hypnotherapylosangeles.com, all one big word hypnotherapylosangeles.com. I have another website that is more geared toward my motivational seminars and keynote speeches, which is drjohnmcgrail.com. On either of those websites, uh, you can email me and you can call me. And I have a, a policy that if anybody does reach out because they have questions about any of this or anything about transforming their lives, I always give everybody a personal response. I don't have my staff do it. I do it. So if someone reaches out via email or text or phone, they will hear from me personally. And I am always delighted to help people start finding their way, whether it's working with me or not is not really relevant, but living a powerful life is, that's what I do. So I'm always delighted to help people start finding their way to that solution, whatever it may be for them.
1: John in Los Angeles, USA. Thank you very
0: much for your time. Okay, Nigel, thank you so much. Great to be with you. Please like, share, and follow author Nigel Beckles' podcasts on Anchor, Amazon Audible, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms for more great interviews. Thanks.